are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday, final show of the week, final week of the first week of doing YouTube. So thank you for all the support as we also started to put video out there for all of this. If you haven't seen it on there, give it a try. If you've just found it on YouTube, give it a shot on the podcast form as well. We're here five days a week, the only Pelicans podcast, breaking down all of the type of news that you want to know, whether it's the coaching search, draft stuff, which we're going to get into today, because finally we can do my big board, 30 picks, 30 players. What's the order of them? I'll give you some notes on some of them, not all of them too. But before we get to all of that, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if if you enjoy it, we can all enjoy a Michelob Ultra during the games this season. And they've been fun. The postseason's been really, really fun. But the Pelicans aren't in the postseason. They're in the draft lottery, picking 10th overall after the lottery did not go their way. So, as we start to talk more about the draft, and look, we're going to get a head coach in here soon. I do think that'll get done maybe this weekend. We might need to do an emergency podcast at some point. But I think it should be wrapped up by next week, hopefully at the latest, but it took them two months last time, but I don't think they're going to go that route because of the detriment that it gave Stan Van Gundy um, coming in so late in October for the start of the season in December. It's just not going to work that way. You need to get a new coach in, starting to kind of do the planning, meeting with the players, building relationships with the players. So I think this will get wrapped up somewhat sooner rather than later. I don't think we'll need to wait too much longer when it comes to who the next head coach of the Pelicans is going to be. But we've talked a lot about the coaching search this whole week. So I want to talk more about the draft because that's coming up in less than a month. It's we're, we're officially in July, right? So it's going to be going on in July. So instead of breaking down some players at 10 who the Pelicans could take, and we, we will get to that. We're going to spend the next couple of weeks doing this sort of thing. I want to just run down a big board, 30 players, First round of the draft, what's my order here? So we're going to run down them in a couple of different groups. We're going to go over the first six right now, then seven through 17, and then we're going to probably blast through the final 18 to 30 when it comes to it. So first player on the big board, Cade Cunningham, Oklahoma State guard, easily number one. Pistons aren't trading out of that spot. Number two, Evan Mobley, USC, big man, center. He is special. I don't love drafting a center in this day and age in the NBA, but this guy is going to be so good, I think. He's going to be a dominant interior scorer. He's going to be a dominant rim-protecting defensive guy. I don't think you feel bad about it. Like, his floor, I think, could be DeAndre Ayton, and his ceiling is more like a Chris Bosh kind of player. After him, you've got a couple of different directions you could go. I have Jalen Green, three. G League guard. He looks like he could lead the league in scoring. He's an elite shooter on the level of a guy like Bradley Beal. He drives and attacks and can get to the rim like Zach Levine does. He's explosive. He's a guy that I think could be a future scoring champ. If you were the Pelicans in your three, do you take him though, knowing that he's going to be a higher usage guy to pair alongside Zion Williamson and potentially Brandon Ingram? I don't know if that's who you go with because the next guy on the board I have at four is Jalen Suggs, uh, guard out of Gonzaga, and I love this guy. 
I think he's going to be an excellent, excellent player. He's he's a two-way guard. that it, it can also maybe play on the wing a little bit too. He shoots incredibly well. He's a great defender. He's got enough secondary playmaking in him, I think, that he fits pretty much perfectly on almost every single team to a certain degree. Like I think any team could draft him and he's maybe a day one starter for them. I love him. I think he's going to do so well in the NBA. I also think Jalen Green will too, and his defense is pretty good. Jalen Suggs is a dude I absolutely love, but I do think Jalen Green projects on the high end as a slightly better NBA player than Suggs does. After that, there's two more names in my top six. I think those four are clearly the the top crop of guys. They're tier one. After that, I think it gets... A little bit of a step down. You've got I've got Scotty Barnes at five, guy out of Florida State, wing. He's an elite defender who's got playmaking ability in him and playmaking skills. Not much of a jumper or anything like that, and he's a little bit raw. I think he's kind of similar to Patrick Williams from last year, also out of Florida State, too. He's a guy that... I think teams are going to fall in love with his measurables and all of that. And he's got kind of shown a lot of that. I think he's going to be a really, really good player, but I don't have him in the same tier as those top four guys. After him, I got Jonathan Kaminga out of the G League wing. He's very raw, but he's basically potential everywhere. He looks like he can be a good defender. Looks like he can be a good interior score, exterior score, outside score, not exterior score. He can be a passer. He kind of shows... A little bit of everything, and I like that with him, but he's you're going to need to be patient with him. I think you're going to need to really bring him along slowly, and it's going to be a couple of years before he starts to blossom into the player that he could be. If you're the Pelicans, this big board has the Pelicans in mind and their needs in mind, needing to kind of compete next year, the pressure on to do all of that. I don't know if they were in there, if they would even look at Kamingo or necessarily Scotty Barnes and potentially go with a more NBA-ready guy. But I think I think these are the top six picks in the draft, at least as of when I'm recording this right now. Might that change in the future? Yes, but I think that's going to be the top six picks in the NBA right in the NBA draft as of right now. So anyone after that, though, it's a little bit more up in the air. So from 7 to 17, I think any of these guys could kind of go in that 10-pick range, meaning they're all in play for the Pelicans selecting at 10. So we're going to spend more time looking at those guys and the guys that Pelicans could pick coming up here next in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. It's the NBA playoffs. We've got a team in the finals now, too, and you can get in on all of it over at BetOnline.ag. Whatever you want to bet on, they've got odds for it. You want to bet on the next head coach for the Pelicans? You can do that. Want to bet on who the number one overall pick's going to be? You're probably not going to get good odds because it's going to be Cade Cunningham, but you can bet on it. Whatever it is, you can get in on the action over at betonline.ag. Plus, they just have like news, updates, all of that stuff, anything you want for basically any sport, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's about to be the NBA Finals. Make these games a little bit more interesting by going over to the website using your mobile device, betonline.ag, and using the promo code Locked On when you sign up. You're going to get some free money, a 50% welcome bonus. It's like you've already won a bet right there just by signing up and making your first deposit over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so the Michelob Ultra Road to the Finals, our NBA playoff coverage brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. You've got the Suns in the Finals. What a great story, right? Chris Paul finally gets there in year 16. 
You've got Devin Booker kind of ascending to be an NBA superstar. Monty Williams getting in there too. Just like a good dude, even if he did deserve to be fired by the Pelicans at the time. Just a great overall story. As we've gone through the coaching search, you know, it looks like the Pelicans are targeting guys that don't necessarily have head coaching experience, though that Jacques Vaughn was a name there. One thing I wanted to point out, I put this on Twitter, at Nola Jake, the other day was, all of the head coaches in the conference finals have been a head coach elsewhere before. I know people don't really like retread head coaches, like Stan Van Gundy was kind of uh, said to be one, right? All of the head coaches in the conference finals have been head coaches every, everywhere else. You had... Monty Williams here in New Orleans before going to Phoenix. You had Budenholzer, who's the head coach in Atlanta, before going to Milwaukee. You had Ty Lue, who's also the head coach for the Cavs before going to the and won a title there. He's a bit of the outlier before going to the Clippers. And then you've got Nate McMillan, who had coach in uh, Portland and Indiana before going and replacing um, Lloyd, who was fired because he wasn't a great head coach as a first year head coach or first time head coach. So all of the guys who are in the conference finals, all the head coaches have prior NBA coaching experience. It's worth worth pointing out. Anyway, draft stuff, because that's what we're doing here. So these guys, 7 to 17, who I want to talk about next, are all guys that I think are in the range of the Pelicans. This is where the draft, I think, opens up to a certain degree. And as I've said this week about talking about trading back, I think I rate a lot of these guys really, really similar. There's really strong qualities on all of them. But there's a little bit of, uh, of moments that make you go, hmm, I'm not so sure. But you're going to get a quality player in this, and it could be any of these guys. So at seven, this is a guy I'm really high on, and I would love to see him available at 10. I don't think he's going to be there, and that's Moses Moody Wing out of Arkansas. I really wish he would fall to the Pelicans at 10. I, I think he goes seven or eight. He's a great shooter, really good in the mid-range, excellent size and measurables in a tough league, did very well as a freshman. He's a guy I am so unbelievably high on, um, but I don't put him in that top six, and I don't think he's going to be available there at 10 for New Orleans. After that, you've got James Boonight out of UConn guard. He seems like he could be kind of a six-man off the bench, a Jordan Clarkson kind of guy. He's a really good intuitive scorer that's kind of slippery, right? He can get to the rim and score. He's got a decent outside shot as well. Then you've got Franz Wagner out of Michigan forward. It's just a well-rounded player, I think. Sometimes you don't need to overthink it, right? You can go for guys who are maybe boom or bust and maybe have a high miss rate. But if you hit on that player, they're going to be really, really good. The guy I have after that, I think, is kind of in that range. But Wagner is going to be just a good, solid NBA guy that's going to last a long time in the league and help your team win. He has uh, Lamar Odom comparisons, I think, if all works out well for him. Not a guy that's going to be like the leader on your title winning team, but a guy you need to have nonetheless. The other guy right after him at 10, I have is Josh Giddy, out of Australia. He's a guard. He's a tremendous passer, one of the better ones in the draft. He's got unbelievable size at 6'8". He could be kind of your starting point guard, but with wing size, I think. And I think he's going to be probably pretty good. I think he's got kind of some boom or uh, bust potential in him, but if it works out, he's going to be a really, really good player. Not borderline all-star, but high-end starter. But shooting is a big concern for him in a league where you, you need to have an outside shot, particularly as a guard. I'm a little bit worried about that, and I'm worried about his defense too. Wagner, I know, is going to be able to give you solid defense. Maybe not amazing all-NBA defense, but solid defense. Is Giddy going to be able to do that? I'm not really sure. After him, I have Keon Johnson, Tennessee wing at 11. His measurables are off the charts. Like this dude is just a freak athlete, kind of freak of nature kind of guy. It, he's one of those guys that you look at and you're like, whoa. But then you realize how raw he is. If he's there at 10, 
I don't know if you can necessarily justify the Pelicans taking him. He's going to be a good NBA player, and he shows all of the tools to be able to do it. But again, it's similar to Jonathan Kaminga. It's going to take a while for him to get there. Pelicans need to win this season. I like him, but I just don't like taking on a project because I think that is something that the Pelicans just do not need whatsoever. At 12, another guy I'm really, really high on, but I think he's got a ceiling as an NBA player. It's Corey Kispert, Gonzaga, the wing. Guy that I think a lot of people are mocking to New Orleans at the 10th spot. He's probably the best shooter in the draft. He's an above average defender. He moves pretty well laterally. He's not a playmaker, but he keeps the ball moving, so it's not going to stick in his hands. But he's older. You know, he's 22. That worries you a little bit. You don't love drafting a guy of that age in the lottery, right? Like uh, it limits his upside to a certain degree, but sometimes you don't need to overthink it. He's a quality NBA player that would make an immediate impact on New Orleans. It's kind of what they need. When I do our first mock draft for Locked On, uh, the Locked On Network, I took him at 10. I wasn't thrilled about it, but you don't need to overthink it that much. A guy that's going to knock down shots, play some defense, keep the ball moving, and can fit into a variety of roles. He played with Jalen Suggs and a bunch of other quality players. He doesn't need to be the top option. He already said that in one of his interviews, too. He thinks he would fit really well next to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson because he doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. He's been a role player. He's fine being a role player, and he's a very good role player at that. I like him. He's just a quality NBA guy. You know what? Drafting that at 10 doesn't sound too bad to me. After that, I've got Trey Mann, guard out of Florida. He's a great shooter. Darius Garland, Colin Sexton comparisons in there for him. Maybe you can get one of those guys without giving up stuff, basically by drafting Trey Mann. And just recently had a growth spurt, which shows maybe maybe grow a little bit, but great size, great athleticism. I really, really like him. And an excellent handle to a guy that can attack a defense as well. He's someone that's kind of shooting up boards, I think. 13 might be too low for him, but he's going to be a good NBA player. After that, I have Zaire Williams, uh, wing out of Stanford. You know, if he works on his shoot, He's going to be a, a, a slightly worse Brandon Ingram kind of player. Again, great handle, um, a, a decent passer. He's a willing passer too, but he's a shoot first guy. But you know what? If they take it away from him, he's going to move the ball. It's going to take him a little bit to come along. I don't know if that shot will totally develop, but he should be a pretty solid overall guy. After that, I got Kai Jones, Texas big man. He's going to be an amazing rim protector. He's more of a role player, situational kind of guy, but there's still use for that. Trying to deny the rim, take away the rim for guys. I'm just not high on big men in this draft a ton, except for, and this is another boomer bust one. I actually should have had him higher. I should have had him at 15 and Kai Jones at 16. That's Alperin Shengun, uh, center out of Turkey. The Turkish league is the second best, I think, in European basketball. After the Spanish league, he was the MVP of it at 18 years old. The numbers he put up in that league are eye popping. He's playing for them in uh, the Olympics right now. Basically, and this is coming for Chad Ford, the goat of when it comes to NBA draft coverage, guys who produce at his age in a top quality European league like that are basically can't miss prospects. He's going to be good. Doesn't have an outside shot. Needs to work on his defense a little bit more, but He's, he's going to be a really, really, really good center, I think, in the league. Again, if you're the Pelicans, can you can you draft him? Yeah, there's no one else you really like at that spot, but I think it's a little bit of a, a stretch for them for what they need next season. After that, I've got Davian Mitchell, uh, guard out of Baylor, a guy that a lot of people like, a guy that I think can make an instant impact in the NBA. Similar to Corey Kispert, he's older, 22 
he's got kind of a ceiling on what he is. Like what he is as, as a senior in college is what he's going to be in the NBA, which is a useful guy to have, but he's undersized. And I think there's some bust potential there too. He was only good his senior year at Baylor. It kind of explo- it took him that long to explode onto the scene. Was it one year magic or is this really him? I think that's a bit of an open question and something that makes me a little bit concerned about him. But on paper, it looks like you could slot him into a starting lineup for a lot of teams or you know one of those early guys off the bench as a rotation player. It's a useful guy. I just don't think he's got a ton of upside. I worry about his age and he's undersized, which is w- what really hurts. Like, do the Pelicans need more, you know, another undersized combo guard? Not, not really. Like, that's not something I'm too excited about, but he's a solid NBA player. Like, there, there's no getting past that. Just kind of what, what's his ceiling? And when I say solid, is it more of a role player? Is it a borderline starter? And that's kind of where I fall with him. That's why I couldn't put him in my top. 12 top 10 anything like that I think 17 is about fair for him but I wouldn't be shocked if he you know on most people's big boards is lower than that but I actually think he's going to get drafted pretty high like he makes a ton of sense right for the Golden State Warriors with one of their picks maybe not seven but maybe 14 I don't know that's kind of the read I get on him so we'll get into 18 through 30 I do think all of these guys that I just said are all going to potentially be in the Pelicans range it's kind of season to taste right like which one do you like the most that makes the most sense for New Orleans I don't think you're going to go wrong with any of them but I kind of rate a lot of those guys about the same for various reasons after this I do think there's a bit of a drop off in terms of quality of player but we'll get to 18 through 30 coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans but before we do that today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. Seriously, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Mine right now, I love the mint brownie. It's mint chocolate chip ice cream. I also love the salted caramel, which is like a Milky Way bar, essentially. You're going to have no idea that you're eating something healthy for you. John Krause, who hosts Lockdown Celtics and the Wednesday Lockdown NBA with me, said he just ordered a box of the uh, salted caramel because he likes that one so much and loves that it's basically like a candy bar. But there's something for everyone with coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and the salted caramel, plus limited time flavors, and a couple of other things they have in there. They've got like flavor packets for your water that have great things in there for you. It's awesome. You got to check out BuiltBar.com. And look, most of them have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. They're not only the best tasting protein bars out there, they're pretty much the healthiest. So if you want to give them a try, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. So we're doing the uh, you know, a stack ranking here, a big board of players, but we're also going to be doing an actual mock draft starting July 19th, the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini and former general manager, Ryan McDonough, our Locked On NBA local experts, including me, are going to make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, news that matters to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, continuing to do the big board here. Uh, first big board, and this will change over time as I do a little bit more research. This is, again, version number one. Though I feel pretty confident in the top six, but we'll see if someone potentially jumps over there. We just went over the part of guys that the Pelicans could conceivably take. 
So now let's kind of blast through the rest of them. Starting at 18, I got Jalen Johnson, Duke. He's a wing player. He's a good playmaker. Don't really trust his shooting. Jaden Springer's next, 19, Tennessee. Uh, he's a guard. I think he could actually be an amazing sleeper. This is a guy I'm starting to really get high on, and I think he's going to break into that kind of New Orleans tier for me. He's tenacious on defense. He's relentless attacking the basket. He's not a great shooter right now, but if he develops that, and clearly New Orleans is good at doing that, I think this is a guy who has all the tools to be an NBA starter. After him, I've got Chris Duarte, uh, wing out of Oregon. Great shooter, hustles a lot. I think he's going to eventually be at a good, a good finisher at the rim. He's ambidextrous. I can't put him in that New Orleans range just yet, but trade down candidate, like I said. After him, all of you LSU fans here, I got Cameron Thomas, guard from LSU. It's like CJ McCollum light is kind of how I see him right off the bat. After that, I got Usman Garuba, Spanish forward. He's going to be a good defender. He's got tools everywhere to be a solid NBA player. I don't know what he's going to do offensively or what his role is. Is he just kind of a defensive guy? He shows flashes offensively, but is the jumper there? Is it not? Not it's not really. I don't really know what he how he kind of fits. After that, I have Sharif Cooper, guard out of Auburn. I'm I think he's someone that's probably gonna go up my board a little bit. He's a really re, he's kind of like the floor general guy of this draft. Really good in the pick and roll, commands the offense. He's not an amazing shooter, but he missed a lot of time with Auburn. He looks like Rajon Rondo right now. You know, that's kind of his comp, his ceiling without, you know, the amazing defense at times. But he's that smart of a player, that cerebral of a player. If he develops a shot, if he gets better on defense, I think he could be a bit of a steal in this one. I also have Isaiah Jackson at 24, a big man out of Kentucky. He's just a great rim runner, an athletic freak. You know, he's a bit one-dimensional. I think at this point in the draft, you're starting to see that a little bit. After him, I've got JT Thor, another guard out of Auburn. This is a guy that I think you're going to see shoot up, not towards the lottery, but somewhat close to it. Um, he's been kind of climbing up a bunch of draft boards. Then I've got another guard from the SEC, out of Bama, Josh Primo. I think he's kind of been a bit of a forgotten guy here, but he's going to be a good scoring guard, you know, in some capacity in the NBA. Then I have Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Villanova wing, just a really good off-ball role player. Like, that's what he does. It's nothing sexy, nothing exciting, but a guy that just kind of does all of that. Then you have Dayron Sharp at 28 out of North Carolina. He's a big man and an old-school big man at that. I kind of hope he succeeds in the NBA to still see kind of that back-to-the-basket postgame still in there. After him at 29, I've got Rocco Praxin um, out of Croatia. He's a big man who just does a little bit of everything. I think he's going to be a good NBA role player for a pretty long time. As I said, I like a lot of these guys here as role players that I think this draft has a decent bit of depth to it. And then at 30, because I just don't know what to do with him and I feel weird leaving him out of the top 30. I've got Jared uh, Butler, the point guard from Baylor too. I'm not, again, he's undersized. Does he do anything particularly well? No, I think he's like fine, but I think he's got some potential to not really necessarily be that good and potentially be out of the league, but like you've got to put him somewhere, I think. Anyway, that's the other 18 through 30 I have here, the final 12 picks, but I do think Pelicans picking from, you know, at 10, anywhere from those guys I listed at 7 to 17, Moses Moody, Bunai, Wagner, uh, Giddy, Johnson, Kispert, Mann, Williams, Jones, Shengun, or Mitchell would all do really well in there, and I have him raised pretty similarly not exactly the same but pretty similarly but i'm curious let me know on twitter at nola jake 
We got a long weekend to talk about it. What's your big board? Do you agree with any of the things I said? Do you like vehemently hate me and disagree with me? Probably because the guy went to your school and I rated him lower than you would have liked. But let me know what your big board is or where you think I might have gone wrong with some of my my picks right here. But this is evolving. We'll do another one of these. Maybe we'll do these once a week in the lead up to the NBA draft. But I wanted to get this one out. We finally had a day to be able to do it. So that was great. And hopefully we get some Pelicans head coaching news very, very soon because that would be a wonderful thing for them to hire their head coach. So we're going to have a whole lot to talk about and more probably coming up soon at Lockdown Pelicans. Also, we got free agency coming up, you know, like right around the corner, right after the draft as well. So it's going to be nonstop in terms of player movement, coaching search, all of that stuff. So there's going to be a whole lot to talk about. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from and on YouTube, just search Lockdown Pelicans. The link's on my Twitter at Nola Jake too. I appreciate all of the great response in there. I, I was unsure about it in the beginning. And then I start to see the kind of comments coming in. A couple of you have given me thumbs down. It's okay. I forgive you, but it's nice to see the comments in there and see people kind of interacting and talking with each other in the comments of the YouTube videos. That's really cool. You don't quite get that with the podcast. So I like that. It's a little bit more interactive for all the listeners to be able to interact with each other as well. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Hopefully that continues and hopefully you've enjoyed the first week of YouTube shows. I know we've had a couple of glitches with the video and things like that, but the audio is there. It's mainly there for you to listen to it. Um, you don't need to see my face that much. Uh, so I appreciate all the support and the you know, really positive reaction to everything. That's really wonderful to see. So thank you all very much for listening to this edition of Locked on Pelicans, this week of Locked on Pelicans. We'll see if there's an emergency episode over the weekend with the head coaching search starting to wind down for New Orleans. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back maybe Monday, maybe not, just depends. It's a holiday, but maybe Tuesday as well if we if we need to skip a day here. But we'll be back very soon. We've got a whole lot more to talk about, so I'll see you all then.